Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interviewed Paige Denver, a Michigan native and mother of eight. Paige is a busy mom, a business owner, and a personal friend of mine who I admire for her dedication to her family, God, and her community. In this episode, we discuss Paige's journey to motherhood, what advice she'd give her younger self, managing mealtime and schedules for kids in various life stages, how she makes time for self-care, and how her faith has impacted every area of her life. Without further ado, let's get into it. Paige, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. I'm excited to have you and talk about all the mom things and all the, honestly, all the other things that people don't think about when it like comes to being a mom that people mon- people might not consider um, because I just feel like there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, being the, you know, being the caretaker and, and driving them to sports and stuff. There's just like all the mental stuff that I feel like people don't consider when starting a family. Um, But you have kids, like we just talked about before we started recording, like, you know, they run the gamut in ages, teenagers all the way down to, you know, newborn phase. So I just want to talk about your life and life and motherhood and beyond. So for those who might not know you, and I feel like I jumped the gun a little bit, tell us about who you are, what you do, and kind of what you're all about. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. My name is Paige Dunder. I live in Michigan. I am a mom of eight. Um, And it's weird for me to even say that. (laughs) I remember being pregnant with my first, like it was yesterday and looking at moms with more than one or two and being like, how on earth? So if you heard that and you're kind of like, what? Trust me, I've been there and um, I can totally relate, but I'm happily married and we have, you know, a slew, like Kayla said, of kids from We just had a baby in May, our daughter, Rebecca, all the way up to 17, and our oldest is going to be a senior in high school. So we have everything in between, and it's just been a crazy, crazy road, and I'm just excited to kind of share what my takeaways as a mom, because I'm kind of using this to talk to a younger version of me. So hopefully some of these things can help you, but I am just like any other mom. Um, I just kind of have let God kind of take the reins of my life and I'm really thankful and blessed to to be able to share all this. I love your perspective on motherhood. I remember being pregnant, I think, with my second, Sunny, and you. I was really nervous, and I talked to you about it, and you're like, you're going to be fine. It's going to be a breeze because because you have that experience under your belt. And so I think it. I could clearly see that was a passion of yours to like comfort and just encourage young moms or even moms who are maybe they're starting to have kids later in life, but they're just nervous about making that transition. I feel like God really put that on your heart and you do a good job of, of kind of, you know, just walking alongside moms who are new into motherhood. So um, first things first, I just kind of want to talk to you about your kind of view for your life when you were younger. Did you ever envision being a mom of eight? I know I feel like I can kind of guess the answer, but um, you have a family of 10. So people forget like, yes, eight children, but two adults. So family of 10. And um, I just want to hear more about your perspective and your outlook on motherhood in general. 
Yeah. So no, I did not. Um, like, like you probably would all would expect. I wasn't the one of those women that was like, I'm going to have this huge gigantic family. And I only saw myself being a mom. Like that was 100% not me. It actually makes me laugh now because younger version of me was not like the super maternal woman. Like I, I feel like I was a college athlete. I was very driven. I always had a job. I was always, you know, on the go, go, go. And motherhood um, has changed a lot of things for me and for the better. Like it's brought out so many strengths and, and exemplified weaknesses <laughs> that I've needed to work on, uh, which I'm sure all of us can, you know, relate to as a mom. You just, kids bring out triggers um, that you have to work on. So you only learn that by being a mom. But no, I did not see myself being that way. I became a mom very young. I got married at 21, had my first at 22. I was a kid raising a kid. And at the time, life seemed very simple. It was 2006 uh, when I had my oldest and my whole world just kind of changed from fast paced being a college student, college athlete, into being a married wife and mom. So it was Gosh, from it was just night and day. And I remember looking at my oldest son and being like, this makes sense to me like so much now. Like I just looked at him and I just thought, I know you were meant for me. Um, I saw him as such a gift, but it was such a hard transition. I cried a lot. My husband was, I mean, we were so young. So he was, he's a teacher. And so he was going through his student teaching and then he needed to make money. So he was gone during the days, gone at night. And I was just, all my friends were still in college and it was lonely. Um, and I think the best lesson I learned at that time was to be comfortable in my loneliness, because I think being a mom, you know, you go from having all these friends and people around and then it's just you and this baby. And that was so hard. And those raw emotions are, they, they were a big deal, but I learned to really, and I'll get into this too with down this podcast, but I think that was the start of really learning to love who I was in becoming a mom and becoming like stronger as a woman versus just being this athlete student, um, friend, whatever, like all these roles I was playing. It was like the self-love journey kind of started there. So I didn't see it, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me now. Looking back at it, I'm just beyond grateful. Yeah, I feel like life kind of happens for a reason. I feel like there's a, a million different sayings people have and catchy phrases, and there's probably so many more Bible verses we could, you know, rip off right now. But really, mm -hmm. I feel like when motherhood happens is when it's meant to happen for you, whether it's at 21 or in your 40s. Um, and, you know, I would love to just – hear a little bit more about like your perspective and how it's shifted from when you were 21 to having your to having your youngest Rebecca just a few months ago. I mean, I feel like you have that benefit of experience. I'm jealous because <laughs> you know like oh yeah, this is fine. Easy breezy, you know, because you're dealing with teenagers too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, experience helps a lot, but it's also, you know, new kid. Um, every child is so different. Their role, their mission in life is different. So I try to kind of get rid of all the preconceived things I had from each of the other kids and kind of compartmentalize this new child. So I almost feel like with each one of them, it's just a brand new beginning. So I still feel, oh, I, I mean, I remember 
Um, I think the best thing that I've learned as a seasoned mom is just to let things go a lot easier. Like it's just, yes, the house will get clean. Yes. The dishes will get done. No one cares that my house looks immaculate. No one cares that I'm dressed, you know, a certain type of way or whatever. So it's more been, it's been this revolving or evolving emotion of going from, what I I would think other people would expect me to look like into just how I feel and what what builds me up as a mom so I can be the best for my kids. Um, one thing I think someone told me years ago is about like the women is the woman, the mom sets the tone for the home. And when I was first a mom, yeah, I was very inexperienced, obviously, as a first time mom, but I was also very emotionally immature. And so I think kind of tackling both of those, it was, it was hard and it was very, very challenging a lot of days. But then when someone told me that I was like, okay, if mom's not happy, no one's happy. So I've learned again, that self-love journey, like you can't completely pour into other people if you are not settled within yourself. And so I think that's been the biggest gift of experience over the years is just learning one, the little babies and all the hard things that happen at the beginning, they're going to be gone before you know it. You're going to miss it too. Uh, they get big really fast. So I think with Rebecca and I've showed this on my social media, I just have embraced her being little so much more. I've done this with my last couple of kids because I just, they're so innocent and they need me so much. And I'm like, everything else can wait. Um, and so I'm more in the moment. I'm more just in tune with where I'm at at that particular moment instead of, and I have a lot on my plate. So I think just being able to control that has been a big gift of experience over the years, but it doesn't matter what age you are. And I'll tell anyone this and they laugh at me. The first is always the hardest. It's the biggest transformation. It's the biggest change. It's the biggest, like, uh, I mean, you have more, like the more kids you have, it's more mouths to feed and more people to make happy. But that first kid is just, it's the biggest change and transition, I think. I can totally, I can totally see that. And I do know that um, I have a lot of friends that feel like zero to one, like rocked their world. Mm -hmm. um, and it certainly rocked my, our world too. I feel like one to two was hardest for us, <laughs> but that's also because it's the most recent, but not because my second is difficult, but it's just managing more than one. Now you have to divide your time. So I can't even imagine. I would love to talk about the self-care aspect though, because um, I'm a huge believer that women, especially moms, have to prioritize themselves. It doesn't mean it has to be like a long time, um, but just, you know, little micro moments in your day of like making time for yourself. So what does that look like for you and how can other moms kind of replicate some of those really great habits that you've kind of honed over the, the past, you know, 17 years? Thank you. And first of all, I got to shout you out for that because I think women in, in this space just need to show how important that is. So I'm really proud of you and thankful that you're exemplifying that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the morning routine is cliche, cliche as it sounds. It's really, really changed everything for me. Just getting up and kind of being in control of my day versus letting it control me, uh, where you jump on your phone and immediately you're getting attacked by emails. And so it's kind of like the day starts controlling you right away versus you being like, nope, this is what we're going to do. And this is what's going to fill me up first. Even if it's just five to 10 minutes, it makes such a huge difference um, with how my day goes. So, you know, I get up, I, I do, I have two different devotionals that I read. They're very short. They're one page devotionals, but it just gives me, it gets me connected. 
um, with God and it gets me into prayer and it's just something that will just sit in my brain and it's all about motherhood. So it just helps you feel less alone because I mean, we don't talk about the pain points of being a mom, but we all go through pretty similar things. And so those mom devotionals are really, really helpful. And then just praying. I mean, prayer is, I, I just, it's everything. Like, I mean, little prayers, big prayers, long prayers, short prayers. It doesn't matter. Your whole life as a mom is a prayer. You know, doing the dishes is a prayer. You're, you're doing laundry, like all the simple little things. And I remember someone else telling me, and this is just being passed on. This is not originated from me, but do it for the audience of one. So when you're doing these monotonous tasks all day, it's, it can get really old, but then I'm like, but I'm doing it to serve my family and in turn to serve God, because he put me in this role to serve my family. So I think of it as him being there, you know, kind of cheering me on. Cause again, I'm an athlete, so I need that, whatever. Um, but, and, and just feeling really good about doing those things with, with a, like a warm heart and not being so mad that I have another load of laundry or another dinner to make or whatever. It's just kind of my attitude has really had to switch. So anyway, back to the, sorry, I guess spun off there, but, um, the morning routine is big, even five to 10 minutes. Some days are a little bit longer. Most days are kind of short. I mean, immediately I'm, I'm drinking, you know, a detox water. I'm immediately like getting in my greens and my collagen and my vitamins. And it's just something. And then I listen to, you know, I, I'm listening to catechism in a year right now. So that's been something I'm like on day 170. So once you learn to get into a habit of something, that's huge too. And I'm doing that as I'm kind of picking up the house and getting breakfast ready and, you know, all of that stuff so that my morning is me controlling it and me kind of being united with my mission um, versus just immediately how it, it just, it's a mood change. It's total mood changer. So doing that, I always like to, like I said, drink, water, have something healthy right away in the morning. Um, you know, feeding your mind and body is something we can control. There's a lot of things that come at you that you can't, but doing that changes everything. Yeah. It's so huge. I would love to know, do you drink caffeine? Because I could not imagine no. my <laughs> coffee much. What are you drinking? I drink coffee. I do. Okay. We make a pot. My husband and I make a pot of coffee and, and we drink that. And I love, yeah. I mean, I have cream in my coffee. I love it. I do the healthy things at first and then I do the coffee and I need it. It's like a hug in a cup for me. It is. It's I, I people, I've like had people on the show too talk about like matcha and like decreasing caffeine, which I totally like, I totally understand from a health perspective. And frankly, I like, I have decreased caffeine um, while pregnant and also when I noticed my mental health was like, you know, not great. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this is about survival. Like especially in the, in the early years, like yes. you have no choice. Like someone is waking up in a crib, you know, crying and you have to get them at whatever hour, you know. So it's like I always just like remind moms that it's okay if your life doesn't look – your wellness routine and that aspect of your life doesn't look perfect right now. Just yeah. do the best you can. And for yeah. you, I think you're doing incredible with like just starting out with all of the supplements, all of the hydration and the prayer and the meditation and just getting some sort of positive, you know, positive content in your day, whether it's like a mini podcast or you're talking about the catechism. Like I think that that is so essential mm -hmm. and it's so easy. It doesn't have to be an hour. I'm so against like the hour-long – I'm not even going to name specific things because then people are going to probably think about influencers that do this. But like you just don't need all of the things. It's very right. quite – it's quite simple to just mm -hmm. get your body moving, 
get that prayer in, hydration, also caffeine, obviously. But just um, yeah, that's that's I could go on a tangent about that and I already have. But um anyway, what time are you waking up? I just like on a on a side note. Well, I know least, you, your yeah, face says I mean, it all. Great. <laughs> I'm seven weeks postpartum and I do miss ex- I I didn't talk about exercising. That was huge. I do miss it, but I've kind of given myself that slack, obviously, because I'm postpartum. So walks to me too. I have to put that in there. Getting outside and walking, that is so simple and so amazing. And just like taking a walk, you know, is just, it, I don't know, it's its changed my life. So um, I love taking walks too. I have to tell moms, you don't, you don't need this ridiculous, you will find a time in your life where you can have maybe that hour long morning routine. I don't know. That's not my season. It hasn't been. And I've somehow made it by, by just having a good routine that works for me. So again, you got to kind of stay in your lane and find out what works for you and try not to compare to what other people are doing. So I love that you put that in there and just do your best. Uh, but I do think walks are, are a really good thing to implement. Um, lately, I mean, my husband's a teacher and my kids are off school. So I don't know, eight, eight 30, we've been rolling out of bed. Oh, like I'm it's so scary. jealous. Dang, but you're seven weeks postpartum, so you're not you're not like going to bed and waking up like eight hours refreshed. You're probably waking up a few times in the night, but still, like that's incredible that you get to just kind of like enjoy that se- like that season because we've talked before, and I don't know if you're open and talking about it kind of on this podcast of you know like how do you know when you're done having kids? Because I think sometimes women get in this mindset of okay, I'm going to push through this phase because it's our last one. And if we can get through this, then we'll get to the toddler phase. Then we'll get to the kindergarten phase. Um, But when you don't know if you're done, you're kind of like, I don't want to get too comfortable with my routine because it could change any minute. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I'm not really a type A personality. I think I'm a damaged type A (laughs) because of everything (laughs) I've been through over the years. So now I just I don't know, Kayla. It, it's so that's the never ending question. I think that everyone wants to ask, but here's the thing I can just tell you is I didn't plan this. So I'm not going to start planning now. Um, it's not like I'm sitting here saying I want three or four more kit. Like I am, I've, I've felt at my like limit a lot of day. I mean, you'll catch me on a day where it's like, I'm done. I'm not going to <laughs> And then the next time it's like, well, you know, God has kind of just blessed me with so much. Why would I say anything about it now? So God and I have had some talks <laughs> and <laughs> I said, I know you're not going to give me more than I can handle, but he obviously really trusts me with a lot of this. So I don't know. This is just one of those things. I'm not going to close the door completely, but I'm almost 40 and I do feel, um, just excited about the next, you know, phase too. So it really is catch me on a different day. I'll, I'll tell you a different story, but right now I'm just putting my full faith into God on this. And that's just kind of how I live my life. And it's, it's served me well to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I love how you describe what he's blessed you with. Cause I think so often people think, oh my gosh, you know, more than a certain amount of kids, whatever that means to them. Some people, more than one kid, they're like, whoa, that's a lot. More than four kids, okay, that's a lot. But when people hear eight, I feel like their natural reaction is like, oh, obviously, like that is a lot. You know, how do you manage it? So for you to just consider it, like you have such a different mindset. You're, it's, it's like not secular whatsoever. It's so much more leaning into like the Christian and Catholic faith of the, the children are blessings, says that in the Bible. I firmly believe it. I pray that over my kids every day and just thank God that for 
them. Like they are truly a gift. So I understand, like I can understand why you would think, why would I, like, why would I close that door? Because Mm -hmm. like it's more gifts, it's more blessings. Um, How do you manage just like the schedule and the organization of having kids in different seasons and different activities? Because I am going to be honest, I haven't reached that phase yet. So I'm looking to you as like, what's like, what's down, what's down the road here? What can I expect? I know it looks overwhelming from the outside, but I'm actually excited for you. Um, It's been so, it's been so great and it, it really is a lot, but I think you're, you're an organized person. So getting ahead of that is going to be huge. And there's so many ways to be organized now. I got to shout out my husband because he honestly, we are such a team and it, this is not just me. I mean, of course we play our roles in this family, but um, if he wasn't who he is, like there, there is no way I could be sane doing what I'm doing. So we're very much a team. Our communication has gotten so strong. I'm so proud of us over the years for being able to communicate on such a deeper level. Um, You know, if I'm like really, really stressed or I'm like, I got this big thing coming up. I need you. He's like, I got you, you know, and same thing with him. He's a varsity football coach. It's very demanding coming up here. And he talks to me, he's like, you just got to tell me, you know, where we're at. And so I put a little bit more into there and he pours into me and we're just, it's marriage is not 50, 50, it's a hundred, a hundred. And in our situation, it's like 200, 200. So we're just constantly like pouring into this family, um, but also each other. And I think that served us really well too, but we use Google calendar that's connected. Um, so we get notifications about things and we're really good about updating it. That's another habit thing. I suggest getting into a habit with, uh, because he syncs up to it. I sync up to it. So even his football schedules on there, most sports schedules, you can get a Google calendar for, otherwise you got to sit down and put it in so that you know what's going on. I mean, we're not perfect, but we do, we hate being late. We don't like to miss things. So, you know, we respect other people's time. We like to be punctual. So I don't want to put the excuse of, we have a lot going on into other people either. And it's just a respect thing. So Every day or every night, we're like, let's talk about tomorrow. Let's talk about tomorrow. We try not to get too far ahead of ourselves. We talk about day to day or, you know, maybe a couple days ahead, but usually everything's in Google Calendar. And then when things change, it changes in real time. So that that helps us a lot. That's incredible that you guys talk about it every night because I feel like that takes commitment because so often when you're, the kids are down, you guys finally have the, those moments of peace. It is so tempting And I do this to myself too all the time. I'm just like, let's just sit next to each other on the couch. Let's not talk. I'm going to go on my phone. You're going to go on your phone. And we're going to just – we're going to zone out for like 10, 15 minutes. Then we can talk. And then by the time we talk, it's like (laughs) – Because like sometimes it's not even like you're doing it to, you know, obsessively consume social media. But you're like literally like, let me check my email. Let me check my text messages that I ignored all day. Let me check – like you're just trying to catch up on your like actual like life outside of being a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So I give you guys so much credit for like sitting down and doing that. Now, do you guys have – this is like – this is my type A coming out. Do you guys have like meals planned every single night? You have to, right? Because you're – I mean, I don't even know. I couldn't even comprehend because I'm like struggling with two. I honestly – it's like my least favorite part. (laughs) I I mean – And I love – I love food personally, but kids are picky and each kid has their own thing that they like. And it's, you know, I, that could be a whole podcast on itself. Um, plus with food nutrition and everything else going on, it's in my oldest two kids are trying to bulk and muscle. So they're eating all kinds of protein. And then my younger kids won't eat any protein. So it's, 
<sighs> um, that is something I don't have a clear cut answer for. I do meal prep and plan as best I can. That's all I can say about that. Do we have sit down family dinners every night? Absolutely not. There's no way. There's not a chance I could do that. Everyone is always fed. Actually, a lot of my kids cook uh, because even my eight year old, you know, he can make a lot of things on his own. I threw up my I waved my white flag years ago and I said, look, at if you don't want what I'm going to make, then you guys got to learn to make what you want. And so we always have staples in the house. We always have eggs. We always have sandwiches. We always have, you know, oatmeal, um, yogurt, like we always hit fruit, you know? And so things like that, if they're, I don't fight with them because I, I flat out don't want food to be something that they're like nervous about <laughs> and everyone's palate's different. Um, but I do, I concentrate on making sure there's always fruits. There's always vegetables in the house. They're actually pretty good about that. We have a Ninja smoothie machine. So like if worst comes to worst, make your own smoothie. There's always frozen fruit. There's always protein. Like there's, always, you know, so I try to implement that. But the dinners, girl, I just, I mean, I bark about that a lot. It is, it is challenging. And I don't, and I think the generations before us, I often look at them and I'm like, man, that would be so nice just to have like family dinners and all this stuff, but it's a different time. So I'm, again, I'm trying to compartmentalize over here. Um, I do staples, you know, we, we will do spaghetti and we'll do taco night and we'll do, you know, chicken, broccoli, rice. Everyone likes that. I have a couple dinners that everyone will eat. But because people are so come and go, I wish we are thing. I do big breakfasts. I think like the beginning of the day, especially right now is something I can do. Um, and then we do nighttime family prayers. Like that's our big time as a family. But the dinner time thing has just been a challenge over the years. So I don't really have a good answer. I'm still working through that. Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast sounds like a great idea. That's like, and breakfast is something that you can make like big batches of too. Like you're making a big thing of like scrambled eggs or pancakes or French toast or, you know, or even like if people just want cereal, that's super easy. Whereas dinner, it's just a different level of stress. I wish we could just, I, I remember when I was younger, my mom would sometimes do like breakfast for dinner and we'd get so excited because it felt so like wrong. Like we were breaking yeah. the rules. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, she was freaking tired. Was <laughs> like tired. pizza Fridays. That was a treat. She was exhausted. She was yep. she was done. And I don't blame her. Um, so that's a good point about breakfast. Like we kind of do that too with our kids. And we because they're so little, like we obviously kind of sit down together, but they're in booster seats at the counter and we're standing at the counter. And I'm like, I never sit down. So I don't think I'll sit down until maybe kids are a little bit older. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I can totally appreciate the fact that you have at least one meal together. Cause I do think that's very important also just for like the relationship with food to show that it's a social thing, that it's yes. to be enjoyed with people when possible. But dinners are dinners are tough, especially when your kids are older. I do not, I do not blame you. Um <laughs> what what is the biggest lesson that you have learned in the past 17 years? Other than being like kind to yourself, anything that people can learn from in terms of, I don't know, just how you parent, like being maybe like a more gentle mom or more disciplined. Like I just feel like there's so much parenting advice out there. It's hard to kind of know like what's not going to mess up our kids totally. So it's, you know, everyone has an opinion. So I guess I'm asking you just in earnest, like what are you doing? Because I feel like, you know, you're, you've raised really amazing kids and I haven't yet met Rebecca, but just I feel like they're they're just really rooted in faith and family and service and like they're independent and they're good kids. 
And that's and sometimes it's it's hard to raise good kids in today's world because there's so many other influences out there, especially friends and social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, thank you for saying that. Uh, yes, it I mean, this culture um, definitely, I feel, attacks children's innocence in a lot of ways. And so that's been a challenge because we're the first parent generation to really tackle all of this social media, all of the exposure that the kids get. And that's been that's been hard. Um, over the years to try to navigate through that. But I think constant communication has served us really well with that. You know, my husband and I will talk and I'm like, look at, I, especially at this age with a 17, 15 and almost 13 year old son, those are my three oldest boys. I tell my husband, I'm like, look at, I grew up with three girls. (laughs) This is all new to me. Um, And so I have him kind of take the reins on what, being men looks like, uh, how you want your future reputation to be, what, what that looks like being a man of God. Um, I mean, we go to mass every Sunday. It doesn't matter where we're at. Like we, you know, we've been on baseball tournaments, vacations, like, okay, what time are we going to mass? Where are we going? You know, there's, there's a church everywhere. Like I think having that has been really big. Luke and I both taught catechism over the years. So we, so we could learn with the kids. And I think that was helpful. Um, you know, we say rosaries together as a family when we go on trips. We've just kind of done as much as we can to just always circle it back to the faith, like always circle it back to your mission from God. Like, you know, these kids to me are on loan. They're on loan to me and I got to do my best to raise them in the best way that I've been given. But it, I'm not in control. And I know that. And I know that their mission from God is far bigger than what I have envisioned for them or what I expect them to be. So I do pray for them every morning, you know, for their guardian angels to guide them, for the Holy Spirit to guide them. Um, and that gives me a lot of comfort because I am one woman and I'm so flawed and so weak myself that if I tried to control everything, it wouldn't work. And so I think them knowing that I'm faithful has helped them. And I think lean on their own faith. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, I mean, my vulnerability as a person has gotten so good over the years. I I used to be a lot more prideful than I am now. I used to just want to do everything on my own and be this, you know, person. And, And then I realized I'm like, why am I trying to do this? This isn't even real, you know? And so I think, knowing that and just talking to them, like, look, even when I fought with them or gotten mad at them or or exploded on them or had a, you know, whatever situation. I mean, I have conversations with them. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, that was, that was uncalled for. I didn't mean to do that, but here's where we can communicate better. So I don't get to this level. Like, and I, I make them understand, like, I'm, I'm, I'm one woman, like, and I'm, I'm doing the best I can. So, um, they're great kids. We love our big family. It's it's hard a lot of days. And I think just knowing that and just kind of doing the best that you can um, and not, gosh, how do I say this? Not like giving up on working hard for what you want. Like I, I really want them to always look at hard work. Like we have a family business. We, we started that so they know um, how to work hard, how to communicate with adults, how to earn your own money, how, because I, I'm like, I can't give them allowance. I can't buy these certain shoes and clothes and all these things that these kids want. I can't do that for all of them. So we started a business so they can do it themselves. So I think that's been helpful financially too, for them to see money come and go, um, and how you earn it and all of that. So in sports has been a huge life lesson over the years. I mean, teaching discipline, teaching teamwork, teaching responsibility, punctuality, like all the things I want out of my kids, 
sports has really taught them too. So faith, family, um, sports, you know, all of that, who you surround yourself with matters. If people are draining your energy, you got to learn who you're going to be around and who fills you up. You know, we have those talks and I'm learning with them. <laughs> I feel like you just have so such a great perspective on treating your children with such like the utmost respect. Like, mm. yes, you are the parent and they are the child, but I feel like we had at least not necessarily my specific experience, but the generation before us, I guess boomers who raised millennials and Gen Z, um, I just feel like they were raised to like fear their parents and only obey their parents and like your parents weren't your friend. And yeah. I was very close with my my parents growing up and, and considered them friends too. But there was that level of like, okay, like that's my mom and dad. And mm-hmm. I do feel like our generation is just so much more invested in, yes, we are the parents and we are, you know, the we're the authority in your life right now aside from God. Um, so you will do as we say to keep you protected and safe and, and all these other things. But we want to be your friend too. Like we love mm-hmm. you. We want to get to know you. So I feel like that vulnerability is so important when you're parenting because then you actually are developing a friendship with your kids as opposed to just a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, over the years we've, we've had, you know, people who were in our lives years ago have kind of like, you know, you lose that connection and all that, but really it comes back to seasons and family. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard but easy. It's very multifaceted as far as these conversations go. But I do. I, I like what you said about being I want them to respect and know that they can come talk to us about things. But also, yeah, there's there's that level where I want them to also know, like, I'm doing this for you and you're not going to like it all the time. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Like you can't have candy for dinner because like that's not exactly healthy. Is it Fun, sure, but like this isn't a fun house. I totally understand. I'm dealing with toddlers and infants, so it's very different situations. But I feel like I just by like watching Cheaper by the Dozen, I feel like I maybe understand your life. I don't know. It's it's so fun. I mean, the older that they get, the more I'm just like, oh, they're so funny. Their little per- their personalities and and their dreams and you know, there's always yeah, there's always smelly teenage boys around and there's always you know. And girlfriends and all these things, but I just kind of welcome it. I invite it. I, I love it. I think it's really cool to just kind of see who's drawn to this. And, and a lot of times the kids come over and they love it because there's all these little people here to play with. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of cool to see. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a fun house. We have, we have a pond with a ton of big fish. So people love to come over and go fishing and we own a bounce house business. So there's that. I mean, I do. I feel like it's like a carnival over here all the time, but (laughs) it is cool. It's not real loud. Like I, you know, what's funny is I have a couple kids who talk a lot, but most of my kids are pretty good listeners and there's not a ton of this like overpowering, yelling, screaming, talking. They're just not, I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny. So it really, it's a little bit different than cheaper by the dozen. They're a little more fun than we are. No, I'm just kidding. But it is, it's, it's a cool thing to kind of grow into. I've, I've really enjoyed being a part of it, honestly. Yeah, I've I've never heard well at least the big bigger families that I know, like none of them are ever like I'm never having kids. Like it never like ruined them to the point where they were like if anything they're like, "Oh yeah, at least at least seven kids. At least because they grew up with something that was like so fun and like just a caring environment. There was always someone you could talk to and like hang out with and um anyway, there's no shame in also having 
one kid or two kids. Like it doesn't matter whatever God is calling you to do. But I do think that sometimes in our culture today, like big families get such a just – it's like so taboo almost. Like it's almost like, oh, God, no, you can't afford that many or you can't – like how are you going to parent that many? And it's like, you know, I I feel like I just look at you and I'm always like just bowing down. Like how are you doing it? But also tell me everything. Teach all of the (laughs) listeners everything. And you have. You've really done that. So I know – um, you. Look, you're a busy mom. We get it. So I'm going to respect your time like I try to respect everyone else's on this podcast. Um, but I do end with one question, and I'm really excited to hear your answer. So Paige, what does living a life well-lived mean to you? Mm, I love that. That's such a good way to end this thing. Uh, a life well-lived means that you are <laughs> staying totally true to your mission in your life connected with God. Um, I think that will just stem off into being the healthiest version of you, being the happiest, being the most fulfilled, being the best wife, being the best mom. Like there's just so many faceted things to this, but whatever you are particularly called to, like you said, if you're called to have one child and you're called to have no kids, but maybe you're caring for other people, wherever you're at in your life, own that mission and really love that call that you have. Cause we all have our own unique individual call And the problem that a lot of us face is we get really sucked into someone else's call and that steals from what we have. Um, and really quick, I just want to say, because years ago when I was a young mom, I got off social media completely because I wasn't mature enough to be able to handle watching other people. And I really, it stole my joy. So if things are stealing your joy for your call, find a way to separate and just keep honing back in on your mission. Because once you're fully fulfilled in your mission, there's really not much that can get you down. Uh, There will be things that attack you. That's just the way our fallen world is. But if you can really own that mission and just be so fulfilled and really strive to be the best in every role that God has given you. That's a life well lived, in my opinion. That is a life well lived. I freaking love that answer. Gosh, <laughs> this whole like I could always talk to you for hours, but like just knowing that you're seven weeks postpartum and that you took time out of your evening after okay. the kids are probably down to like talk to me and give us so much advice and wisdom and just pour into us. That just makes me respect you even more and just appreciate you as a person. So I really thank you so much, Paige, for coming on the show. And if anyone wants to connect with you, you're very active on social and you have um, a business too. So where can people find you? Thank you. And thank you for this podcast. Again, I know I've said it, but I adore you. I think you're just the sweetest, kindest, beautiful mom and you're doing a great job. Um, And if you want to connect with me, I am mostly on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, just Paige Denver. I, you spell my name with a Y, not an I. So that's, it's easy to find me. I'm also on TikTok a little bit too. So I've really loved the social media life and space because I've learned to utilize it instead of letting it utilize me. (laughs) And I think that's been the best thing that's come out of this is I've really tried to follow people I love and and um, earn an income from it and really allowed it to help my life instead of hurt it. So if it is hurting you, then it's feel free to step away. And but also if you're on it, utilize it for good. Perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Paige. I'm sure we'll talk soon. And um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing so many great things for all the moms out there and we appreciate it. Thank you so much. You too. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.